Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. And Phil, we have uh, quite an agenda for, don't we, for this morning to talk. First and foremost, I think the biggest thing going on in the uh, political world is not what's going on in the White House, not what's going on in D.C., but it's going on right here on the ground in New York with yeshiva regulations, everybody's talking about it, emails, texts, WhatsApp messages galore, and this as has been put by the rabbis, the biggest assault on yeshiva education in the history of the United States of America. Phil, you're an Albany veteran. What's going on? Um... This is an interesting question because this is this is not an this is not an issue that was born in the last week, right? I know it has sort of made news and it's made its round in shuls and in WhatsApp chats, but the 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 subject of education or secular education in yeshivas is not a is not a new discussion and a new topic. It's something that the city of New York has been engaged in and, and sort of studying over the last few years. It's something that the state ed department sort of every couple of years sort of talks about what yeshivas should get, what are they eligible for. As everybody who listened to this show or followed my career at all, you all know that I was a tremendous champion for additional funding for, for private education. I, I, I used to say that in, in my five years in the assembly, we almost doubled the amount of dollars that, that were coming into yeshivas. And so we really, I was a huge proponent for every resource that yeshivas deserved. And in return, there were certain things that yeshivas were required to do for that, right? As we talked about um, historically, people, if they remember, CAP uh, mandated services were giving yeshivas funding for doing certain things, right? You know, things as silly as taking attendance, right? You know, making sure that the students were in the school, right? And so that was sort of, you know, attendance is silly. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, keep going, keep uh, going. Mandated services, right? Things that, like, you know, things um, that sort of basics of education that yeshivas were offering for the state to come in and step in and provide funding for those things, right? And I, I talked to not just in New York City, but across the state, you know, various school districts, right? You're finding school boards who are able to pay for school books and for, for other various things. A few years ago, we implemented mechanisms to pay for security at yeshivas and something that is still, you know, we're still looking to increase today. And so this debate is a little bit different. And I think it's all, the challenge is, is that the idea of yeshivas all got conflated into one big Yeshivas don't offer education and public schools do offer education. That yeah, was the, it's quite remarkable. The big debate, right? Like and and Michael, as you and I both know, I I like to think I went to Yeshiva Darchi Torah and Yeshiva Farakway and I received a fine education. I, you know, have become very very successful and I think there is there has been op-eds and articles and statistics that have brought out that arguably yeshiva education in most cases one could make an argument is better than public school. Look, I made that case. So that, what's the gripe here? What What is it? What's going on? And so what? I think the challenge, I, I think that, and let me sort of lay this out for one more minute. I think the challenge here is that there are those some schools, right? Some schools in certain areas that do not offer even the most basic. And, and but I don't... Is this, is this State, go ahead. Yeah, I'll no, let you so finish. The, 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 I, I wanna, I'll have a bunch of questions for you at the end. Go I'm looking ahead. forward to those questions. And so the answer is, is right. Does the state have the opportunity? Can the state dictate to those schools or to any school the level or the amount of time that has to be spent on secular education in private schools? And so there's that question. And I think most of us, right? And Michael, please tell me if you disagree. Think that there should be some 
measurement of time spent on secular education. I know for me, I, I don't remember exactly, but it was three and a half, four hours a day of secular education right in the afternoon after, 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 you know, Hebrew, we'd obviously have, and so I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know how much is, how much should be required, but I think we all agree that there should be the basics of education. And yeah, I thought like this concept of seven hours was a little bit over the top, but I also think it was a mechanism for the state education department to sort of send a message saying, we're looking at this issue as not a, you know, we're looking to slap you on the wrist. We're taking this very, very seriously in terms of preparing children for sort of the world that, that they're going to be in. Okay, so one of the things that bother me the most about this, number one, is I read these guidelines, all 11 pages of them, and I'm looking at this and I'm saying, we have a right as parents, if you send your kid to yeshiva, to determine what's best for their education. The state, and I understand attendance and mandated services and things like that, but or nurses or security guards or transportations and textbook, that has nothing to do with instruction. They are not paying a single dollar for a single teacher to to give a single class in outside of special ed, but that's a different story, in any yeshiva. So therefore, essentially, and you know, if the state wants to come in and start funding the secular studies program, they want to pay for the math and the science and the history teachers, great. I'm actually for that. Then they can start dictating curriculum. But they're not. And then to give it over to local education, so basically your local board of education, some of whom are very, extremely hostile to any type of yeshiva education, to allow them do the evaluations and the inspections and essentially to potentially offer up closure. Remember, you know, in New York City, okay, the you actually have the Department of Education trying to close charter schools. They've tried to, now they can effectively maybe try and close yeshivas and Catholic schools. I'm not saying they would, but you also have boards of education in different places uh, throughout the state that are very hot, that have been very hostile to the so, yeshivas. But, but let's, okay, I, I wanna, I wanna, but no, no, but, but the other, but I, to me, there is the biggest piece here because right up until now, this is a state issue, right? The state has said, okay, we have a basic education and we're supposed to do a job of inspecting. All of a sudden now, for whatever reason, and perhaps it's because they believe this nonsense from Yafed and not because that all yeshivas are, right? Well, the New York Times comes with a picture Agreed. in their article. They have a picture of Darkei Torah yeah, or, or Yeshiva Flatbush. <laughs> hold, yesh on, hold on, hold on. Think of it. This is... This is, the this is a boy walking to a yeshiva in Brooklyn, a picture of yeshiva of Flatbush, an incredibly high-achieving yeshiva of Flatbush Michael, has nine Nobel Prize winners as graduates. Michael, I'm not agreeing with that. Right? The, the whole concept, like, if you didn't know... They can't differentiate. They don't know the difference I'm not between a Hasidic yeshiva and yeshiva of Flatbush. If they don't, shame on them. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I want to say two things, right? Like, And, and there's sort of this personal affront. If you did not know that that was Darche Torah, you didn't know, right? If you didn't if you if you are from anywhere you else, you should know. You're in the uh, education so, uh, so, business. Not you should. No, no. Know. I'm saying like, of course I know because I've been Torah many times. I'm saying is that like the picture wasn't a, it wasn't a picture of Rabbi Bender in front of a sign that says Yeshiva Darachet Torah, terrible education, right? It was. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. Un, and I'm not no. defending the New York Times, right? What I'm you're, saying you're is that my point. I I agree with what you're saying that yeah. you should know. But what they've done is lump 
all yeshivas. Agreed. All 480 Agreed. yeshivas in New York State. Agreed. They have lumped them all in the same pile. Agreed. Agreed. And saying, we don't believe that any of you, and whether you are Ramaz or SAR or North Shore Hebrew Academy or Darchei Torah, Dar Torah or TAG or Manhattan High School for Girls or Salman Schechter, I, well, maybe I'm not, or you are, and I don't want to single out any of Don't. Yeshiva. So don't. And I don't okay? want to. Oh, you know, I will. I mean, I will actually because I had a conversation with a Chabad friend of mine who sends his kids to Ole Torah in Crown Heights, and they're actually proud of the fact because the, that was the Rebbe's yeshiva who who said that there should not be any secular studies there at all. So they they actually seem to be, they are they are proud of that fact. So that that that's but so I want to go back to your you initial can't point. put them all in the same book, just the same way you would put every school district and every school. Do you put Stuyvesant? High school and a school in you know, any other way, any else. any other way in the same bucket. So I agree with you one hundred percent. Right, you can't conflate everybody into one bucket and say they're all the same. They're all doing X, Y, or Z. So I absolutely one hundred percent agree with you. But what you, I want to go back to your initial premise because I've heard that that argument from a lot of people over the last couple of days is well, they're not paying for the teacher and that education. So how dare they dictate the extent or how much I get? And yet we still, we, we all take, you know, I remember I was in third grade, the Iowa's, right? Standardized tests, right? You're seeing that with the Common Core. You're seeing more and more standardized tests. The Regents exams in high school. And so all of a sudden, after all these years, you're going to say, well, how dare you dictate the curriculum when they've been dictating the curriculum forever and ever and ever. I... I understand that, but those are measurement tools that are saying they're not. But that's For not what saying purpose, right to get a state diploma or not. Okay, get a state diploma. fine, that's fair. That's an option. It meaning the school is deciding that they want to keep region. They want to offer a region's curriculum. They want to offer a region's diploma. That's a decision. A, but, and if not, but that's on, a decision. There's, not, there's and again, I don't know. I haven't been in high school in a long time. But if I, I believe there's a another test or another curriculum or another level in which sure. you can study to attain that will give you some sort of accreditation right. on some level, right? People want to get a high school sure, diploma. You, I mean, it's like taking. A high it's, school diploma. It's like taking the, the SAT versus the ACT. I could choose to way, do one or the other. And I mean, so you're going to say, well, well, I could do both. Why is it the state ed departments, how can they come and dictate? Let's be clear, right? Well, they've already set the standard. Not for the how can they come and They've already set the educational standard, right? Common Core set the educational standard for the entire country. That was what it was based on. Now, I don't want to get into a Common Core debate, but, but that's the idea of the state dictating what the curriculum should look like is not a new concept. And so for any yeshiva to get up and say, how dare you? You know what? Every yeshiva receives millions. I don't say every yeshiva, but yeshivas received millions and millions and millions of dollars from the state. And the state is entitled to say there should be some 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 formula they don't really, that we I, can measure the judgment. If the I have kids to are take succeeding. issue with that. Go ahead. Okay, because having worked on this issue, as did you for many years, okay, the yeshivas themselves really don't get funding. Okay, this is a this is taking having funding for taking attendance is because the state mandates anti truancy laws that they have to submit attendance forms twice a day to take attendance. Okay, that is actually something. So if the state says to you, you must go ahead and and do this, and it's an administrative job, all these administrative items that they have to go ahead and do, I think they should fund it. That's that's not a problem. That but that's not a curriculum issue. Okay, I'm, I'm going to okay, stop you. To come to come in and then say, okay, we should you should. Teach 
teach this at this and this time, and we're going to make sure that you use this textbook. We want you to use that. That's right, what's on. I'm going to stop you. Please. I, in the assembly, you don't have to stop. You just interrupt. I, That's I'm, the way I, to go. Interrupt. I'm actually, by the way, I think this is outside, you know, this is probably the most fun I've had on this show. Well, um, this is great. In the assembly, you know how you got around debating the, the substance of an issue? And, and this happened all the time, and you can watch it happens in Congress all the time, because instead of actually debating the substance of any issue, you call it what they call an unfunded mandate, right? Yes. And so you no longer actually have to talk about the mandate itself. You just have to say how unfunded it is, right? Like, so it's it. But in, these it, are funded mandates. in Washington. In Washington, they do it all the time. It's procedural votes, right? And so you're not actually voting on the substance of the issue, but you're voting on a vote whether I should take a vote about the vote, right? Which enables the people who are for the issue to vote for it. It enables people to vote against it to say, well, I didn't vote against the actual issue. I just voted on some procedural thing, right? It's a, it's I a voted trick. to allow amendments, not allow amendments, Correct. close the debate. These are open legislative the tricks that are used, right? An unfunded mandate. And so you're so so the argument you just made is, well, you know, this is not about this is not about the the, the curriculum itself, right? They're not this is this is more about the mechanisms in which you're providing the funding. Like let's talk about the issue. Do you fundamentally believe that children should walk out of a yeshiva at whatever age and have some some level of, of education or, or some skill and or ability to function in the world? The answer to that is, of course, yes. But I don't... Ladies and gentlemen, this I is don't, a great show. I don't actually know what... I don't know exactly what that means. You're right. Okay? So, so we, how do we... So whose definition are, am, I, am so, I to use on that? So let me ask you a question. But I'll to say... Go ahead. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Okay? If a... If a parent, be they Jewish, Catholic, Lutheran, Hindu, whoever who sends their kids, wants to give their kids a religious education. Sure. They're entitled. Okay. Are they entitled to not necessarily bring in certain ideas or uh, things from the modern current world that, especially, let's say, in high school, you know, that might be... Uh, considered to be controversial, we'll call them, or they might not want their children exposed to certain things that go on on a regular basis. You know, there's plenty of time after they graduate to have, you know, to know, but there's there are things that get taught in public schools and public school settings that we don't want in our yeshivas. I don't want to have to be too graphic about it. Uh, we don't necessarily want, and the Catholics don't necessarily want them either. Are they entitled to set the curriculum and and to that be culturally sensitive? I, I, let me ask. You, I'll, I'll turn this around on you and say like it's really Michael, question and answer time. You seem you seem look you seem very accomplished, right? You have accomplished a lot. You're successful. You're, you you seem to be doing quite well. I feel like a straw man is being set up. I, I'd like to ask. I mean, I mean, did you feel like you were you were suffering? I mean, I assume you went to yeshiva, right? I didn't ask you which one. I assume you went to yeshiva, and so so clearly those things that are sensitive to the Jewish culture, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's talk about evolution, maybe, right? And talking about evolution, right? And so there's a different philosophy, right? The Jewish the, the Jewish religion, we don't necessarily believe in in the idea of evolution, and so. Is it taught? No. I mean, it wasn't taught in my yeshiva, and I did just fine. I mean, let's, let's not talk about how I did in, in, in biology, but um, I did just fine, even without that, you know, missing those questions that weren't taught or that were that were sensitive it's in not yeshiva. Just, it's not yeshiva. just biology, but I, I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is, in general, if we want an environment that is 
a one that promotes a certain point of view, that promotes religion, Agreed. that promotes right, that promotes a certain way of life, and that's not the kind of curriculum you're going to get in a public school okay. setting, or that a public school educator is even going to agree with. Okay, so that makes certain judgments so what about is the society. Line? So what's the line? I don't know. Two not, plus two, okay. I'm not is sure. That sense is that. I'm too not sensitive? sure what the line is, but I am sure that I believe that as parents. We have the right to choose that without free from free from state interference on that. And I, from my point of view, having having fought politically against both the teachers unions and the school boards and the education establishment, I know for a fact that they do not have the best interests of the non-public schools in mind when they when they go about these things. They are not interested, and we've seen actions from the state education department on this. I so I you know again I don't want to you know we could talk about whether I th- people ask me well do you think people kept asking me all week do you think this is actually going to happen no I I said this to everybody no I I, I, I didn't sorry I, didn't I, buy actually, in. I agree with you I didn't think it was going to happen I because I thought it was such bad policy you'll excuse me it's I didn't, I didn't buy into the mass hysteria that was created by by a few people well, I just, but, right because I didn't you, buy into because it. you knew that the policy was so bad and and, and well, so look, flawed it, that they had that they had to pull back on well look if you if if you sort of Spend time, I mean, and sadly, I spent more time than most, right? But if you spend some time in Albany, you have a, a decent understanding of, of sort of the way things are rolled out and, the, and sort of the politics of how they're rolled out and why they're rolled out in those ways. And, and sort of there's a, there's a lot that goes on outside of just what a certain few people want to make public and, and turn into a mass hysteria. Look, I'm not opposed, by the way, when parents get involved. Michael, we have preached and preached and preached about people getting involved in the electoral process in issues in 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 just sort of local community matters i beg people to get involved so i have no objection to people getting involved but not just when there's a mass hysteria people should always be involved right that's right why have people not been more involved Fifty thousand people signed this petition fantastic that's great i hope every one of those people show up to community meetings right because let's assume you and i believe right there'll be some sort of follow-up and there'll maybe be some public hearing are people going to show up? Are people going to go to Albany and thank their legislators for fighting for them? Are people going to Did the legislator fight? I mean let, let's let's talk about that for a second. I'm 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 a little bit unsure as to you know how this whole thing went down. I mean I have I have some ideas, but it just seemed so foolish. Uh, you almost kind of felt like well, I don't want to point any fingers. You almost kind of felt like you know government bureaucrats were engaged in it but the other the other problem here that i see is that the state education department and the commissioner who i've seen at jewish events and i've seen engaged seems so far removed from the reality of what's going on in yeshivas it's almost as if and we have to bring them into the discussion right i mentioned yafed before uh, this group, Yafed, and it's not even a group. I think it's really just one guy. I mean, I see a, him in Albany and in other places, meaning Naftali Mo- Naftali Moster. By the way, right? I, he I has three or four. Him. He has three or four other people, but I don't think there isn't this groundswell of Agreed. support for this guy, as if somehow, and he has convinced so many people in the media, so many reporters that I speak to, so many influential people out there that there is a massive a problem on a massive scale of tens of thousands of children who are who you know who are unable to function in society so I, by the way i and agree with you it's it's unbelievable we, that they a- that people just accept this hook line and sinker and they they have, seem to have no clue as to what's going on it's amazing when you think about it that this and go just to get back to the first point that the state education department had no has no ability to differentiate between different yeshivas. None. 
I absolutely agree with you. What I would say is, is that we do a terrible job, right? Yes. The, our organizational leadership does a, a terrible job of combating, sadly, what the misinformation and the conflation, right? The idea that like, you know, all the schools you mentioned before are getting conflated with some who believe in non-secular education. They, and sadly, everybody is lumped into one large pot and judged based on that. We do a terrible job, right? We do a terrible job of representing ourselves. Look, I, I've said this all the time, right? And I, I speak about this at schools, right? We need to get more kids involved in, in the political process and the electoral process and the communal process, right? You need to get more civically active so we could push back against malicious, you know, sort of malicious driven lies from certain select minority who have their own agenda to drive. I absolutely agree with that. The problem is, what are we doing about it, right? We all get excited. And this was a, a crazy week. Every shul, announcements were made and emails were sent and WhatsApp chats were flooded. Yesterday, but, uh, Sarah, uh, two days ago, at Tavis was a, a, a day of despair and, and mourning for not just for the obvious, but also for the estate of the yeshivas. Yes, I, I agree. I, so that's great. That is but great. Is it going to keep going? Michael, you and I have been through I this so many times so. before. I certainly hope so as well. And I think it's incumbent upon sort of Jewish communal leadership to make sure that that whatever we've accomplished in the last couple of days, and, and you, we can have that debate about sort of the reason things have changed or whether we thought it was going to happen or we didn't think it was going to happen. I think there's there, there we need to do a better job of, of engaging our parent body. I said this before on this show where, you know, when I was in the assembly and we did things for security funding or, or we increased uh, education funding for non-public schools, I used to get hundreds of emails from from Catholic school parents, hundreds. They used to write letters to my office. They used to call my office. And from yeshiva parents, I got very few, almost none. There was that one year, and I used to tell this story a lot. It got better the next year, but there was one year I literally got three. three call. It was two calls, or I think it was two calls and an email, just saying thank you from a yeshiva parent for, for, for what we're doing. And so I think that is a failure in, in partly in, in sort of Jewish community leadership to sort of put that message out that people need to engage yes. if we're going to actually get changed. People kept saying, well, we're a powerful voting block. How come people are not listening? Because we don't actually vote. We don't actually show up when well, we don't. Time. We don't vote in the numbers that we should, Correct. right? With the, the potential vote, I don't want to totally discount it. I mean, the, the voting is mediocre, uh, but the potential they, is so much higher. We have the ability to actually really have influence in elections, and unfortunately, in many cases, the firm community doesn't actually maximize its potential. But Phil, I, I you know, just we got to. To just close this segment because there's so much else that happened this week. I, I think that this is should be a wake up call to a lot of people, as you said, that if you're not engaged and you're not paying attention to what's going on, government has a real capacity to hurt you. As in the in the name, or I'm saying, as the wise man in Albany once uh, you know told me, and uh, I don't remember, but if you are if you don't have a seat at the table, you are on the menu, and you have to think about that. That if you're not engaged somebody's going to do something to you because the other people everybody else is engaged somewhat but it is it is again amazing that what's remarkable here most remarkable is that one person one disgruntled yeshiva parent or yeshiva student uh sorry former former student has been able to essentially start a movement with no other people just a good pr department 
um, and a very skilled uh, public interest lawyer in Norman Siegel. And this guy, Naftali Moster, has really been able to upend the entire yeshiva system and take on the entire yeshiva system uh, pretty much on his own. And so I encourage everybody to find a way to get involved, right? And so, and, I, and the other thing is the fact that, that we should call him out, that he doesn't represent anybody. He, he really doesn't. And, and, you, and I, I, there, there's so many great organizations that are doing well. You, you take a look at what, at what Teach NYS and, and the OU are doing in terms of their advocacy in Albany, in, in City Hall, when it came to kosher food, when it came to, to security funding, right? People need to get involved and empower our communal leaders to do more and to speak with a louder voice and to actually get change done. So, Phil, uh, we we do have to get back to the obviously the powers that be. Being do the we president. have to? Yes, we do. I mean, uh, this was not a great week uh, for the president. I think we should. I mean, just tick off the things going on. Closing of the Trump Foundation. Right, he finally gets an acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney. Um, he's pulling out of Syria, and everybody. It's kind of public that. The Defense Department, the Army, and the Republicans all think this is a terrible idea. Um, and then Mike Flynn um, and well, Michael Cohen, the end of last week, pleads guilty, implicates the president in criminal activity. And Mike Flynn, uh, and, and this is the amazing part that I really wanted to bring out, is that if you watched conservative media, if you watch Fox News, Fox News, whether whether it's Judge Jeanine or Sean Hannity, and why would you want? Them? I like to watch them. I think that they these get, just, people have a perspective um, that's very uh, interesting. They have a perspective, and I watch them because the president watches them. And if he's going to listen to them, I might as well listen to them, too. Uh, and they're talking about all this faith they're putting in Judge Emmett Sullivan, who's going to come in, and he's going to exonerate, he's going to throw the charges out, because once upon a time with Senator Ted Stevens, he threw the charges out because there was prosecutorial misconduct. And not only does Judge Emmett Sullivan not throw the charges out he basically indicates that he is going to reject the plea deal and send flint to jail he says do you want to go forward with sentencing today they say no let's take a breather for three months and basically i mean said that you know flynn is is bad news and it was bad news for flynn and which is you know terrible when you think about it that a a, a general who gave his entire career to the country and f somehow i guess lost his way vis-a-vis -vis the law and but and then you have some people out there i just somehow now talking about the court system i mean the united states is about the rule of law i mean we don't always love we don't always think everything about the justice system is wonderful but that's really what makes our governments unique and special and has allowed it to endure for so long not to pontificate here but it's to me it's we we are we are in two different worlds people out there are in there i mean people there are people on the side on the other side of this issue with regard to flynn and you listen to them and they are in it's just a from from my perspective in a totally different world and so over the weekend over the weekend and to the judge's credit right over the weekend there was this sort of this uh, this growing noise about how he was tricked and and right how, that flynn was tricked flynn was and tricked. he and Saul was having none of that and and so he basically like to his credit, he lent it credibility to say, like, okay, let's actually... Yeah, let's get the transcripts. Let's, let's, let's get the transcripts. Let's yeah. see the transcripts. And then he said, in court, do you think that you were tricked? No. Right? Like, it was it was like sort of the right. judge... Did you lie? Yes. Like, the judge wanted to make sure that nobody can say that he did not give this but, every possible thing. But who did still maintained it's fascinating that's that the, same day Sarah Huckabee Sanders... I was watching... From the podium of the White House... Fascinating. It Still. was absolutely. I, I 
once it's, I mean, it's, it's, this is what you and I talked about last week for just a moment where like the president can say, this is my shutdown. And the next week say, no, not my shutdown. I never said that. Right. The judge basically said, like, basically gave them, you guys are absolutely 100% incorrect. Right. Not the case. Right. Only for them to say, no, nope, still the case. Still the case. No, no, absolutely. We he didn't see like, anything. Yeah, he was. He completely was no. tricked. The FBI. It was like nothing happens here. To, you're in like the twilight zone. It's like what are you talking about? And they kept going. By the way, to the to this day, they still haven't like changed their course. They right. kind of just moved on to the next thing. Like so, okay, it's over now. So spe- speaking of that, on this theme is so Rudy Giuliani with this oh. contract, the letter of intent. I mean, uh, this is the most sign, famous letter of intent ever, but. Rudy Giuliani get, goes on national TV and says he didn't sign the document. And guess what? They found his signature on the document. He says, well, what I meant was he didn't sign it because the document didn't matter anyway. He uses an expletive. It was a beep, beep document. And we're not, and we are, it, it's just un- unbelievable. As you said, it doesn't matter what you say one day because you can always just say something else the next day. It, it, it's absolutely fascinating. And this, and it, it's not just, it wasn't just the document. It was also this idea that like, when, when when pushed a bit, he's like, well, the president lies too. He's like, yeah, but he's not under oath, right? Like, like we kind of just admit, like we, the truth is just meaningless at this point, right? In this White House with this with all the representation. But look, you know what? We you know we talked about this a bunch of times. At the end of the day, the, the system is working, right? The idea of of the investigation. There's no indictment after indictment, jail sentence after jail sentence, right? Like. It's just a matter of time. I mean, it is just a matter of time. And and look, I kind of feel bad because we're all suffering. I mean, this is our country. We, we are all suffering and uh, we are, you know, government is clearly not accomplishing a lot. It might close by the end of the week. And I think as of last night, they were still working on it. I, I think there will be a deal, but who knows? And it's, well, I guess we'll find out next week whether the Trump shutdown is going to happen. And, you know, Trump and Stephen Miller goes on TV and they want to own it. And I think that's bad politics for the Republicans. But we will see. We'll pick it up next week here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Phil Goldfeder and Michael Franken signing off. Stay tuned for Jude in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs.